So I've been getting to know Megan, who is our director of children's ministry here, and I've been finding out a lot of interesting things about her, and I thought you might want to get to know her as well. So as we were preparing for this message, Megan, uh, one of the first things that caught me said that you had rarely met the presence of God in worship. (laughs) So talk about that. um, You know, I have attended worship services and, and Sunday morning services my whole life. Um, and it took me about three decades of, of church service to really feel God's presence with me as I am, I'm worshiping on Sunday mornings. Um, I had felt God, um, join me in other aspects of my life. Um, mainly while I am out, um, doing some type of activity, either running or hiking or most often, often rowing. You, you meet God outside in, in, outside of this place, but out in nature and out out being active. And, and most people mm-hmm. don't know this about you, but you are very active in rowing. I think yeah. we have a great picture of you from just yesterday up here. Yeah. So, yeah, talk about that. What, what, what does rowing so, mean to you? Yeah. Rowing um, has been a really intricate part of my life for about 15 years. Um, I've been a rower, and now um, most frequently I'm a, I'm a coach. So I coach early in the mornings. Um, this is actually yesterday afternoon. I was subbing for a, a learn to row class. Um, and most of the time I'm out at 530 in the morning. Wow. Um, super early and super dark um, with adult uh, masters recreational rowers. Um, and for me, rowing is a daily practice. Um, it's an intricate sport that takes a lot of effort to actually learn how to do well because there are so many aspects of the rowing stroke um, and the boat and the team aspect of it. And so the more often you're on the water practicing, the more you're going to be proficient at it. Um, and that's, I think, what, what drew me to it the most. Okay. You were telling me about the stroke. There's several different components to a, a rowing stroke. Yeah, yeah so there's there's... Your individual rowing stroke of when you catch and when you uh, release the water and the drive and the recovery. Um, so all of those kind of play into what you're doing in the boat. But also there's this aspect of there are seven other people in that boat doing God knows what. Huh. <laughs> um, so the, the kind of the hard part about it is in this is a sweep boat where each rower only has one oar and they control only one part of the boat. And so they are intricately um, interdependent on each other to do well in this sport and to balance that boat and to help each other learn the stroke together. And we do better when we work together. Yeah, and okay. we, yeah absolutely. We, we absolutely do better when we work together. Um, and so it's the team aspect of the sport and the community aspect of the sport that really drew me in and hooked me. Good. So, and make the connection now, since this is yeah, Bible right. Sunday and everything. Yeah, so, yeah, um, help us. So, as I was um, processing my call to ministry um, and my call to study at seminary, um, I realized that I was able to take a lot of the lessons and those, those lessons of daily practice um, and a willingness to show up the next day, even when the first day went really poorly. Um, and the willingness to depend on your team and your community. Um, so I took all of those lessons that I took from rowing um, and worked on applying them to how I approach the Bible um, and how I approach 
um, the way I live out my life in community. Um, and so to me, the Holy Bible is it's a fairly daunting book. Mm. Um, there's a lot in it, and it's a big book, and it's got a lot of tra- tradition, and there's so much that people bring to it. Um, that for me, it was really hard to start reading it, um, much like rowing. Right. Um, but I realized that just like with rowing, if I spent time with it every day and had a willingness to come back to it every day, um, and more than that, found a partner or a community to read it with, it became less daunting. Yes. Um, Doing it together made it easier. You made have it easier. a friend or something? You were yeah, I had a friend that, uh, in seminary for a short period of time where we would get together every day or tried to get together every day, um, every other day, and talk about what we were reading. We, were reading, we would read it together, and that helped kind of give accountability, um, but also engage other perspectives of what were you reading? What did you hear out of this particular scripture that um, kind of opened my eyes to the, the various different ways that scripture can impact our lives? Right. If, if y'all haven't gotten it, the theme of this message is it's better to read the Bible with other people, okay? It's, it, you really get a lot more out of it. Yeah. And you had a great analogy about, uh, yeah. about this. So, um, yeah. so while we were talking, um, we were, I was processing why we give Bibles to third graders and um, not necessarily why, but what do we do after we hand our third graders scripture? Um, and my thought on it was, it would do nothing for the people who we give the scripture to to just hand it to them and do nothing else. Um, it would be very much like putting people in a boat without oars and shoving them off the dock. It doesn't matter what boat you're in, you're going to flip if yeah. you don't have those oars. Um, and those oars are very much like our community. So we um, strive to hand off the scripture, um, but not hand it off, but to, to give people the tools and give people the support um, to engage in that scripture and to to hear it and read it and love it. The Bible is the church's book. It's yes. the community's book, and we we surround one another mm-hmm. as we read the scriptures. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well done. Okay. So Thank you. Y- yes. you were telling me um, a bit about how you started reading the Bible, um, and what was that like for you? And Exactly. I love Thank that story. You. Right. So I was given my Bible in, in the third grade. This is mine, all right? And we have a picture of the inside cover. Do you see that there? So I was given this uh, from the First Methodist Church in Littlefield, Texas, September 30th, 1962, all right? (laughs) And sad to say, I very rarely picked up the Bible or read it in those early years, right? It wasn't until I went to Texas A&M and I was a freshman in the fall of 1971 that I read the entire New Testament before the first week of classes started, (laughs) because I was a scared little boy a long way from home. And it was very impactful to me. I found that the scriptures really spoke to me. It wasn't just Mm -hmm. a bunch of old names I couldn't pronounce and about people who lived a long time ago. And that was on your own? I read that on my own, but very, very quickly I got involved with the Wesley Foundation at Texas A&M, the Methodist Student Ministry. And there I really grew to appreciate the scriptures more and the God who was revealed in those scriptures through that community of faith. Tuesdays and Thursdays at Wesley Foundation, we had something called Sandwiches and Scriptures. 
I think it cost a quarter <laughs> to eat lunch there. Tuesday and Thursdays, though, we'd study the Bible together mm-hmm. over lunch. It was there I felt my call to ministry and was confirmed as mm-hmm. uh, I was a part of that faith community. Yeah. And so you went on and, and did more study, right? I did. I went on to seminary, and I had such a thirst for the scriptures that I learned Greek so I could read the New Testament in its original language. I learned to read Hebrew so I could read the Old Testament in its original language. And Do you have any of that study that we can talk about from the, the scripture? I can make that uh, segue very well. So uh, in the scripture passage, I don't know if you remember in Nehemiah, but these people had been in captivity for a long period of time in Babylon, and now they're back in Jerusalem. They rebuild the temple. And what, what did the people do? They say, give us the word. We want the scriptures. And so Ezra opens the scroll. It wasn't a book like this, okay? It was more like the scroll that we find in the Jewish synagogue today. And he read, get this, says from early morning till midday. Is that, what, four hours, six hours? And the people were standing this whole time. How many of you would stand for four to six hours reading, hearing the scriptures, huh? No hands. Okay. All right. so, uh, wow. I mean, there was right. such a hunger and thirst for the, for the word of God that they did that. They lifted up their hands in praise of God. They bowed down and, and obedience to God. Mm-hmm. And they, they listened intently. They wanted it so much. They built this platform. They begged uh, Ezra to read the scriptures mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. So one of the things, I, there, were, there were two things in this passage that I really in, that I loved about it. It was um, what the, the Levites were doing. So, right. I, I, and I, I left out all the names. I, I did my Lynn Revised Standard Version <laughs> of the scripture. Okay. So there, there were 13 people that mm-hmm. helped Ezra to read a lot of names. And then there were 13 Levites that interpreted the scripture for mm-hmm. the folks. So they were probably milling around the congregation. And the word for interpret there in Hebrew, can I do a little Hebrew with you? The word there is kind of means separate or distinct. So it's almost as if they were going amongst the people and saying, mm-hmm. word for word, this is what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. All right. They wanted the people to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't just. Who, who was it that they were, they were able to, oh, to learn? wonderful. Yes. Um, I love what the scripture says. It said, men and women and those who had understanding. I'd like to think mm-hmm. that that was youth and children, not just, mm-hmm. you know, some adults. Yeah. Yep. All people were wanting, hungering, thirsting for the scriptures. Yeah. And they were all, like, included in, in the, the learning of it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um. Yep. Okay. Um, so most of you know that I'm, I have a Lutheran background. Um, her, her dad's a Lutheran, my dad's a Lutheran pastor. pastor. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. So, um, so I am relatively new to the Methodist tradition. Um, and so we've been talking a little bit about what um, John Wesley, Wesley's approach to the, the Bible is. Um, right. So John Wesley was this Anglican priest who was trying to reform his, mm-hmm. his church and he wanted the people to have the scriptures in their hands. So he did his own translation, and he made explanatory notes. So you could read the scripture, and then at the bottom of the page, you'd read what the scripture was saying, mm-hmm. as he thought. Okay? He said, I'm a man of one book. Give me that book. Mm-hmm. He said, I write for common, unlettered people. I want mm-hmm. everybody to embrace the scripture. And so here's, that, yeah, yeah. And here's making the point again. <laughs> he wanted that to be read in small groups. 
in community, the mm-hmm. community of faith, so we would understand it better. Yeah. So that we could read it ourselves, but then we could also dialogue exactly. about what what other people are hearing from those scriptures. Mm-hmm. Right. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, so, Lynn, one, one last question is that you have been in ministry for nearly 40 years, right. and you've been reading the, this, this scriptures, the scriptures in this Bible, um, for more than that. Was there ever a time where you felt like it was, okay, I've read enough, I know all that I need to know, my learning is done? Big smile here. <laughs> smile, people. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> no. Okay. Good. Uh, Yes, if God is ultimate mystery, we will never be through. Mm-hmm. Um, John Wesley believed that Scripture was the primary way that we would come to understand who God is and what God wants of us mm-hmm. and how we are to relate to one another. And I, and I continue to learn. One of the ways I'm doing it is through Disciple Bible Study. So commercial moment here, Wednesday nights, 6.30 to 8 p.m. in the library it's not too late to join me for Disciple Bible Study. We've only had one week of this. It goes on through May. Uh, I got a, a recruit from the early service this morning. <laughs> I felt so good about that. So we'd, we'd love to have you join us. Talk to me after the service. I'll get you a study book. But this is a general survey course mm-hmm. of the Bible over two semesters. A lot of people say to me, I'm biblically illiterate. And I said, you don't have to be. Here's a way for you, you know, to get to know the God through the mm-hmm. Bible. So, yeah. yeah, so that's one way. There are many other studies uh, that we have in this church. Uh, just a very quick slide here uh, that we have of some of those. Uh, Theology on Tap for Younger Folks on Thursday nights, Abiding in the Vine, I think that's on Tuesday nights twice mm-hmm. a month. Band of Brothers early Tuesday morning. Bunch of things that there in the worship bulletin, these, these studies. Mm-hmm. And I know that Sarah's going to be talking about some of, her, some of them in her mm-hmm. Uh, introduction here in just a moment. Um, but no, I continue to learn, and I especially continue to learn from other people mm-hmm. and, and what they bring to the Scripture. Yeah. So you bring that, and you... Um, one of the things that we also do is with the, the children um, is that we offer Sunday school classes, but we also um, encourage the parents to... Um, engage with the scriptures with their children as well. That's that's one of the um, first places we learn. It's right? one of the first places we learn, and Lisa's talked about it previously, and I've talked about it pre- um, previously also. But we have um, great opportunities to to help support our parents. You're doing something um, in October. In Your October, commercial I, moment. Hit them. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, family foundations will be talking about kind of a um, an at home toolkit to to help make sure that our parents feel confident enough to. Um, Im- approach the scriptures with their with their children as well so that they that that learning starts in the home and and grows outwards um into the rest of our community family foundations class family in foundations october, in sunday october. school hour okay i have one final note that's uh, surrounding that scripture passage i loved how it ended did you see that that when the people heard the scriptures they wept mm-hmm. they were so moved that they wept and ezra and nehemiah they go to the people, and they say, don't weep. This is a joyful day. And breaking all diet plans, what did they say? Eat fat. <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> Drink sweet wine. They say, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> and then I love how it ended. It said, and don't let it stop here. Go and take that feast mm-hmm. wherever you go. To those that can't be mm-hmm. here today right now with us, it reminds me of what happens a lot of times at the sacrament of communion. Mm-hmm. 
And after we have celebrated here, we see those people take those kits and they'll take elements from this table to some folks that may be homebound or in the hospital and things like that that wish they could be here. And the feast continues out from this place. But it also, I think, continues when we are serving sandwiches at Mobile Loaves and Fishes mm-hmm. or working at Interfaith Hospitality Network or those other missions that we continue that feast mm-hmm. in that way. Friends, the good news is this. We understand the Bible best in community. That's it. Amen.